Number one, Star Wars. Number two, comics. Number three, Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Number four, Mario. Number five, Weird Al. Number six, Batman. Number seven, Cal. Number eight, The Simpsons. Number nine, TV. Number ten, every single band that I stole all their MP3s. But before they all sold out, see it all together if you with me now. Hey everybody, welcome back to Nerds Ruin Everything. I'm Logan. And I'm Adam. And we're going to talk about some what we watched. And we can talk about like the big news story that we didn't talk about last week, which was that they announced a Mandalorian and Grogu movie. And oh yeah, yes. you're getting an Ahsoka season two. Which, the way they left Ahsoka, if there wasn't going to be a season two... I'd have been pretty fucked up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I would have been very upset if that was the, uh, if that, if that was the case. I mean, do we want to just kind of get into the, into the news of it all? Um, and, uh, talk is about it, the, is it, I, I mean, I know it's news, but yeah. Is it news? It, like, or is no, it like, really. um, like, I, I don't, this is, it's this last gasp kind of feel to it of like, well, we don't know yeah. what else to do. So here's a Mandalorian and Grogu movie because everything else has been a non-starter. Like yeah. everything they've announced is now not happening anymore. Like, yeah, I don't get it, man. Um, I feel like this is the first big pivot uh, from the Kathy era because I feel like this is like, this is John going, like, this is John, like, as soon as, like, as soon as Dave got, took power, like, this is John, like, complaining that he never got a Star Wars movie, and Filoni going, well, I have heir to the Empire, like, I have the heir to the Empire, and I, I guarantee you that's a trilogy now. I guarantee it's a trilogy. It's not just one movie, right? And they know, and he knows his dictum from Bob, uh, Bob one is um that star wars needs to go back to theatrical uh because that's exactly what has been said um with this between like this is like the kind of after like you said like after the announcements of you know ray skywalker's return like it did like it did nothing right it actually created more chasms and criticisms than anything else like it wasn't a goodwill oh yay we're gonna get another ray movie um I mean, Thanks, I'm JJ. excited for more Ray. I like the character, mm -hmm. but like, considering where we left the that portion of the franchise, mm -hmm. it's really hard to care. And also, added to like everything that was announced post that film or right mm -hmm. before that film came out has not happened. Like the TV shows have more or less happened but mm -hmm. film wise like i mean what do we we have like four films that didn't happen yeah it, at a minimum four films i mean if you count if you count uh ryan's trilogy that's seven films seven yeah. films that haven't that like you know they keep on saying ryan and ryan keeps on saying it himself that like his trilogy is in development which just basically is code word for I'm going to get to it, but I, I, I like I have more important things to do, like more knives out 
because I mean, and, and let's be honest, that is the case. Like I don't, I'd much rather, I know this sounds weird, but I'd much rather have Ryan Johnson give me more poker face and more knives out movies and swirl around in that, into the universe, in that universe that he created himself than going back into star Wars. Yeah. Not because I don't like what Ryan Johnson does. It's just that Ryan Johnson's entire career has been based off of crime based genre entries. Like, like it really has been like, if you think about the most popular things, I mean, even your favorite, you know, one of your most favorite movies, uh, the brothers bloom is at, at a, at the end of the day, it's a con movie. It's a, it's yeah. a con artist movie. Uh, it's a romance. It's a lot of different things. It's a travel log, but at the end of the day, it's, it's crime based. And you know, I don't know, like all of this stuff that was announced, it felt like, and then the Taika thing that's supposedly still in development too, that's starring him, that's supposed to be written and directed by him. I mean, like that gets a little worrisome. Um, well, uh, but again, he's lost a lot of like yeah. goodwill in the last yeah. year and a half. Um, yeah. You know, he really, Yeah. Which is so weird. Um, it, it, it's a very weird situation with him, right? Like, I, I truly do appreciate him and like him, but like, you know, maybe less social media, less like, you know, I mean, he's very, he's very much married to a very famous pop singer. So, like, you know, it's like it's weird, but it's like maybe a little bit more like focus on the the film career, unless it's not something he wants to do. Which I mean. Like we, we, we've seen those people that like, like they just, it, it's like you, you hustle, you hustle, you hustle, and you think you make a good movie and ends up being rejected by everybody. Right. Like, I mean, he had a movie come out this year. I still haven't seen it or last year. I haven't seen it. I like everybody involved in it. It looked kind of charming, but everybody told me it's just, it's not good. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, I'm still going to see it, but it's, it, it's like, it's all these things that are circling around star Wars. And it's like, they need a heart. They needed a win. They need a win. They still need a win because it's like the TV stuff is fine. Right. Like it's good. Like we like it. But if you're talking like impact, I mean, film, right. Like it's also theatrical. become a little divisive. Like it, it really you know, has. It's not necessarily that any of it is truly bad. It's just, like the audience is not flocking to it. Like no. Mandalorian season one was such a big deal, but like it, it's, I don't, I don't, it's lost its, its shine, you know, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I'm like, okay, so are, are we announcing a Mandalorian and Grogu movie? Because this is going to be the end of Mandalorian and Grogu, like for the most part, you know, except for here and there, because, you know, it's not pulling it in like it used to. Um, I mean, certainly I, I imagine the, the uh, like toys and stuff probably still do really well, like all of mm-hmm. that ancillary stuff. But I mean, Nobody's subscribing to Disney Plus to watch The Mandalorian anymore, you know. And no, that was all we no. could talk about four years ago. So, no, absolutely. Or um, five years ago, or how was it? Five was, years ago. Was it five? Was it twenty? 
I think, uh, yeah, I think Ryan, I I gauge everything on, like, did Ryan and I talk about it? We talked about Mm -hmm. season one and two, I believe. So, uh, and he died this year would be four years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think would be five years ago when it started. 2019. It was pre-pandemic. So. Yeah, it was. I just keep on forgetting that it's now we're coming up on five years of uh, of like <laughs> pre pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. We're we're in a like no, we're not in a post COVID uh, world. We're in a we're in a post pandemic world. Yeah, uh, yeah. COVID is very much alive, unfortunately. Um, no matter what everybody wants to say, um, but um, yeah, I, yeah. I think that. Like, going back to Star Wars and stuff, like, I honestly think it's, like, it, it really does feel like it's a Bob dictum of, I need Star Wars to be theatrical. Um, I need to, like, I need you guys to, like, start doing this. Like, I need you guys to start making that push. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, and also, you know what? Like, it's more, like, you know, less of a victory lap for, for, um for John and Dave and more for, I feel like it's more for Pedro. Like if you, yeah. like, even though I know that's the weirdest thing to say, because this dude is not in, is in the suit, maybe 10% of the time. Right. Um, but it's one of those things where it's like, no, nah, let's, let's give Pedro, like Pedro has become the, like the Harrison Ford of TV. Um, let's go ahead and give him a shot at theatrical. And the best foot forward for that is, is a Grogu in the Mandalorian movie, right? Uh, Directed by John, because John knows, like, he doesn't, he doesn't know Star Wars in the kind of Kubrickian way that Dave does, but he knows Star Wars in the way that George directed Star Wars in 77. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's that whole thing of like, I feel like John never left 1980 in his heart with star Wars. And that's a good thing, right? Like, like he has the, like, I, I was thinking about this recently because, um, I, uh, I just got the, uh, somebody actually gifted me the two 4k steel books for the Mandalorian seasons one and two. And I'm going to go back to it because especially because it's 4k, right? Like I can, I, I'll like, you know, like there's a difference, you know, there's the difference between streaming and, and the discs. I, I'm the, actually interested in what this show would look like in like real 4k because mm-hmm. like the volume, does the volume hold up to that? I, well, we're going to, fi- I mean, I'm going to find out because like literally like I have those discs, so I'm going to re re like rewatch them. But I was like looking at the, the episodes and like those first episodes with John directing, he really did know how to make 77 style Star Wars. Yeah. And my hope is that this is my hope is that like the best case scenario is he gives us a one off that's like West, like a, a, a Western that the whole family can enjoy. Um, but it's done because they finally are going to get the budget. It's not done on the volume. It's done on location. I was going to say, it can't be. They cannot film this on the volume. Yeah. It, and it is the, not going to do well. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, it will not. And I think that that's the whole thing is that, like, you know, give them 
like you know it's like they take a movie budget right the 200 million dollars that they have and they make eight to ten episodes so like that like peter's down but if you have 200 million to do a single movie i think that john's love of physical physical like becomes a bigger thing right like the less of the volume the volume is more used for like any kind of space battle thing that they're doing right like like what they did when inside the cockpit and stuff yeah like that I kind mean, of stuff that's and, and that that's that, that i mean that's episode one episode two like yeah. just extrapolated kind of thing like because that i mean that coruscant is all cgi like it's all green screened yeah. it's all you know, and it, it's fine, but there's also a lot of practical and a lot more practical in those movies than people want to want to think that there is, you know. Yeah, all it takes a lot is of watching. Works. Yeah, you just watch the behind the scenes stuff. And you're like, oh, yeah, some of the stuff I thought was CGI is, you know, but the, the flip side of that is uh, so uh, I got a text from my cousin elizabeth who i uh do a couple of podcasts with uh she just had a baby so she's um she's at home and you know like taking care of the baby but you know like when the baby's sleeping if you're not sleeping then she's like i don't have anything to do so she watches a lot of little things and she Mm -hmm. sent me a message and uh it was just uh i guess like a reel or a TikTok video or something. And it was like, is this right? And it was a showcasing of the um the map painting work from the original Star Wars. Like oh, uh, specifically from nice. Empire when they're getting okay. off the shuttle, when Vader and Palpatine are getting off the shuttle. And yeah. all uh, almost all of the the troopers on either side of them or just painted in like it's just glass painted in and uh she was like i how did i never know this and i was like there's a lot of matte painting stuff in the original star wars like a lot of it and no it's not cgi it's not green screen it's not but like it's also not real either like you know so it's not digital painting but it, you know it's a little more tactile but anyway not to get into but it's just funny that what we think about as quote real star wars from 77 and 80 like yeah a lot of that stuff wasn't real either there there was not you know 150 stormtroopers on set <laughs> no <laughs> like, <but> there wasn't <laughs> um you know it's uh it's pretty funny uh, but going back to yeah they they cannot shoot like all of this on the volume like the yeah. the, the space battle stuff yeah you're right a hundred percent that that will come off fine um it, it's just the the sets need to actually be real because yeah. we saw we all saw ant-man and i didn't didn't hate ant-man but like you could certainly tell like this was all on the volume so oh yeah it it definitely was and like yeah i'm hopeful that because john is such an adherence like has such an adherence to like certain certain things that we're going to get a certain kind of star wars film um that's my hope 
like my hope is is that I feel like this is like okay, let's win the let's win the fans back, which I'm not a, I'm not opposed to, right? Like I'm like if it as long as it's a it's a good story, which I feel like I feel like with Filoni writing the script and getting a big canvas for the first time, I feel like we're going to get something like actually special. Like we are going to actually we are going to get something special. Like it's not going to be like they're going to say because like the more has come out that season three or season it's going to be season four and then the movie's going to be the topper. It's going to be like X-Files season. What was it? Season six or season six ends and it literally leads into the X-Files movie. Um, so my hope is, is that like they set the table up enough to where it's like a great capper, but also it's, it works on its own as a, just a movie, right? Like that we can come, like anybody can come into not seeing four seasons of the Mandalorian and go, okay, this is great. I kind of know about Grogu. I know that he's a cute little, like, you know, baby Yoda, like everybody calls him. Um, and it just, it's just a kick-ass adventure. Like that's all I want. I just want Star Wars to not be about mythology anymore and get back to what I love about it. Like what I loved about, like 77 star wars right which yeah. is, is that it's a self-contained adventure where the heroes win and it's all good and everybody but the wookie gets the medal because george lucas is an asshole because he didn't give Chewie a medal <laughs> uh -huh. um he, he, even in the star wars lego first iteration of the uh, of yeah. the the story you can actually see like it's not it's not even until it's not until just recently with the, the new star wars lego that they gave him a medal which is so weird um like so i have a question for you why the fuck didn't george lucas it, all the fucking things he fixes in, in star know, wars man. 77 like right like you just kind you of could just him, digitally add a medal to like yes like, oh he already got his like yes you could just Digit like all of the things that look so wonky about the the add-ons to seventy seven, like not not adding a metal to around Chewie's neck is just so, like like just doubling down on like, eh. <laughs> yeah, uh, he was the dog. Why does he need a medal? Because he was a good boy, you asshole. Obviously, you didn't love your dogs, motherfucker. Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, he literally. Like his dog was, hey, we named the dog Indiana. Um, like who? Like it's so weird to me that he used it three. He used it. He used like George Lucas is the ultimate recycler, right? Like oh, yeah. this motherfucker is so cheap. He does not throw anything away. If it, no, he doesn't. He's probably a fucking hoarder, right? Like I mean, obviously he is. Um, but this fucker used his dog that he like his his first like I think it's probably his first and only dog, right? Like his dog Indiana. He used it three times. Once as a reference for Chew Chewbacca. Another like he used Indiana like because the dog was named Indy or Indiana named him named him after Indiana Jones. But then has the audacity to like basically make a joke about it at the end of Indiana Jones and the last crusade. Right. Yeah. So it's like three fucking times. And like, you know, the, the dialogue recycler, that's why like, you know, anybody who complains about this stuff, it's like, no, I mean, you know, this is the guy he was, this is the guy that he always had been. Um, but yeah, like, it's all to say, like, I just want, I want my star Wars to be star Wars again. 
Like, I don't care how you do it. I don't care what you do to, to accomplish it as long as it feels like a Star Wars. Like, and I mean, theatrically, I'll tell you, I haven't felt like, I know this is a controversial, like this is a controversial take because I know a lot of people don't like it, but like we haven't had a, a like, so with the exception of Rogue One, there's not been a Star Wars since George last directed Star Wars. Like, 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 regardless of what people say about the prequels, um, you know, it's Star Wars. It feels like Star Wars. I don't care what you guys say. It does. Like, it, it feels like a Star Wars, and we haven't had anything since. Like, J.J.'s films feel like a photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy. Like, in, in multiplicity, we all know what that means. Yeah. Um, and then Ryan is trying to do something. He's trying to lean into the empire of it all. And as much as I love that film, I'm not entirely sure some of the bends work and it's more like you break things, like you've broken things. And then of course, JJ's return and anything after, like anything else that like Star Wars really is just bonk. Like, like I actively hate Rise of Skywalker. Like I now, yeah. like I tried to watch, I tried to watch it. Like I tried to watch it. And literally the first 10 minutes, I just was like, I can't fucking do this. I can't do this stupidity. When I think about it, I'm just like, what the, like, it just, that whole movie doesn't make any sense at all. Like, it's just so, and, and I know it's, it's very similar to like what we're dealing with with Marvel. It was like, they felt like they were in a tailspin and they had a lot of shit that they had to to work around like a big one being the death of uh one of the leads of the film um Mm -hmm. but it just yeah it would have been better they were so like nope we gotta hit our deadline um it would have just been better to delay the film another year and figure something out i mean yeah but i i'm with you like this movie a, it has to happen. You have to stop announcing, like, going up to the podium and making these big announcements for shit that doesn't come to pass. Like, exactly. You know, we can say what what we will about Kevin Feige and Marvel, but for the most part, like, the one thing he hasn't, he wasn't able to do was the Inhumans. And that's because uh, uh, Perlmutter was just like, yoink, I'm going to do it. Um, mm-hmm. And so he went with the Eternals instead. Um, but, I mean, almost everything else, like, has either happened or is still on the table. Like, nothing has just you know like the dceu like how many fucking movies did they announce where's our cyborg movies asshole yeah um like you announced all of these movies we got aquaman and wonder woman (laughs) we never got the ben affleck batman movie like you know it's Mm -hmm. like stop stepping up to the podium without like you're just announcing shit without a plan and like at least Feige has a plan. It may not 
happen the way he wants it to happen because of things that are legitimately out of his control. Um, and, but like he does have a plan and, you know, when they have to pivot, it doesn't work out so well all the time, but you know, he's still working on it. Like we haven't, when did Rise of Skywalker come out? Uh, 2019, I think. So we, we haven't had a Star Wars movie in five years. Nope. We have not. (laughs) Yeah. 2019 at the end of 2019. Yeah. Um, yeah, we haven't had, we haven't had one since then. I mean, I just want to punch JJ because I'm going to be like, look, man, that was the last Star Wars movie my brother got to see. <laughs> that yeah. kind of upsets me. <laughs> um, Gosh, you're telling me? Yeah, I mean, like, like, but it's also, it's like, it's not just the last one. It's, it's a bad one. You know, like, like, what the hell, dude? Like, yeah. like, JJ, like, and, and my favorite part is, is that JJ hasn't directed anything since. No. Thank God. Like, I know that there's a lot of JJ lovers out there, but you know what? I'm not, I'm not one of them. Like I used to be like when he was doing like, and that's the weird part is, is that when he was doing alias, man, like, like alias in the first season of lost, like I was totally on board. But then when he left lost, because he, he knew as soon as like, he thought he was so, they, they thought they were so fucking clever and spoilers for a close to 20 year old TV series. Like he thought he was so clever, but then when everybody was like, oh, they're just in hell or they're in purgatory, like he was like, deuces, I'm out. They figured it out. Like jackass, they did, they, we knew it from the instant we saw this fucking plane crash. What are you talking about, bro? Like we all figured it out, lean into it or figure out something better. But guess what? He just jumped ship. And after that, it was like, oh, so you're gonna make you're gonna make Mission Impossible movies, which he didn't. He just made one and left. Um, but to our benefit, right? Like, yeah. if he doesn't work, then Brad, uh, then then Brad Brad Bird doesn't take the the next one and actually make something truly great. And then McQuarrie doesn't get involved, and like we don't get Tom Cruise's like third phase of his career or his fifth phase of his career, however many phases he has, but like JJ and I'm sorry, like, I know that whenever we, we invoke that name, like I get very, very upset because it's just like, you're, you're a fake magician, dude. Like I can see the strings. We know what your games are. And I wonder why you haven't made another movie. Could it possibly be because you don't have any other tricks up your sleeve and we all know everything. And you're just going to have to make a good movie, like just a good movie. Not an existing IP, not an adaptation. Like I, I just don't know. Like I mean, he's like everybody else. Like has made like like it's weird, right? Like, does it weird to you that all of his movies are literally like all of the movies that he's directed are existing IP movies? Like Michael Bay made originals before he got into the IP world. Like everybody has. Yeah, I mean, what do we have? Super Eight. Oh yeah, that's right. Like after after everything, like like his his pseudo Spielberg movie that everybody lost their shit for because it had the cocoon music on it on its fucking trailer. And then when we watched it, it was like, oh, you just basically tried to make a Spielberg movie. And I mean, it's fun to be an <laughs> ET. So yeah, um, ET, a, 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 a abused PTSD ET, like yeah. you know. 
Oh God! Like I mean, I, 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 I enjoyed like, it in the theater, but I haven't seen it yeah. since. So no, I I watched it once, and I was like, "Whoa, this is like this is you trying to do Spielberg." I almost think that Spielberg was so bothered by the fact that he made this movie that he was like, "I gotta make my movie. I gotta make the movie about me." You know, yeah. I gotta make my I gotta make my autobiography now. And it took him like ten years or fifteen years, but he made it, right? Like Fablemans. And, and I will I will I will say this to anybody. Fablemans is a much it is twenty times the movie Super Eight is. Super Eight is like echoes of Spielberg where you're getting raw, unfiltered Spielberg in the Fablemans. Um and that's my rant about JJ. Um JJ like JJ caused us to not have any more Star Wars movies. Like yeah, literally, people want to blame Solo, but like, no. You know. uh, Solo, we we love Solo, man. Yeah, uh, we're hoping that we're hoping that I mean, uh, like, Solo didn't do the box office it should have done. There was a lot of yeah. uh, toxic fandom like hitting right at the time, but like also Solo was. I mean, it was four months like mm-hmm. a- after the last Star Wars movie, like. Yep. You know, I mean, Marvel's not putting out, like, they didn't put out two Avengers movies in one year. And I realize those are, that that it's separate, but, like, everybody considers Star Wars Star Wars. Like, you know, as much as we will go see every Marvel movie, they're, like, my sister, she didn't go see every one. Like, she saw the ones she wanted to see, and then she went and saw Avengers uh, Infinity War and Endgame. She, at that point in time, she hadn't seen Doctor Strange yet. So, like, you're hitting different pockets the way Marvel mm-hmm. does it. With Star Wars fans, you're you're just hitting Star Wars. Like, there's not pockets. I mean, there are pockets of Star Wars fandom, but it's not like with Marvel. It's not ca- It's not really as casual as all that. Um, but back to Mandalorian and Grogu, it, it, it will be a true test of like, will people still go see a Star Wars movie? Because mm-hmm. as popular as we think the TV show is, like when you're talking about, especially this day and age, four or five million people watching a TV show, like that's big numbers for a TV show. Yes, it is a very, big, very, uh, very on a big streamer, game. especially. Yeah, like, like, which is wild because, like, you and I—I I mean, we talk. We always go back to Seinfeld, but like, as an example, when we were kids watching Seinfeld, we were watching it with thirty to forty million other yeah. people in the U.S. Yeah. When the U.S. was not five hundred to six hundred million people, but it was two hundred and fifty million people. Yeah. So, like, a fourth of the population was fucking watching Seinfeld on yep. a Thursday night. Like fucking it's, wild. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but it, to that point, if five or six million people go see a mm-hmm. movie opening weekend, yeah, that's a that will, fifteen dollar ticket a on of... average. That's not yeah. gonna be a success, man. Nope. I mean, not. it might be a hundred million dollars, but like. If you spend two hundred million dollars making a movie and your opening weekend is a hundred million, I mean, you might in the long run make your money back. But what they're banking on is a you know Avengers level, you know, 
kind of box office and yep you know five or six million people going to see this movie opening weekend it's not gonna do it especially if it's only just okay because then your second weekend it's gonna be uh, less than half of that you know then you've made yes less than 200 million dollars in two weeks on a movie that you spent 200 million dollars making and like then then star wars might really be dead theatrically um because disney might at least for a while because disney might just be like we're not going to keep throwing like good money after this until we can like find something that's you know truly truly bankable but also I don't really think they know what to do with it. They don't really know what the fans want. Like, uh, at one point in time, they were, quote, listening to the fans, which was the fucking problem. That's why we got Rise of Skywalker. Um, you know, it, it's... Anyway, it, we'll we'll see. We'll see in, what, uh, probably two years? Probably 2026? So, mm-hmm. um, if, if it comes... To pass it all could also be another like you know dropped project in six months and be like uh i mean yeah we kind of announced a movie but you know it's just gonna now we're just doing another season it's fine so uh. yeah which yeah um it's gonna be unfolding um i'm hopeful but at the same time I also understand that I understand the history. I mean, of course, I mean, we've, we've been talking about this for quite a while. Like we've been talking about star Wars forever and a day. And to be quite honest. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's anything other than, um, other than just to try to like throw something at the, at the wall. Right. Um, and see if it sticks, which yeah. is not the way, <clears throat> which is so not the way uh, to approach anything when you're making a film, right? Anything. But again, we will see. I will hold my, I will hold my reservations to see, like you said, if it actually, uh, if it actually like decides to, to show up and actually be produced and also like in the nature of it and how it's executed. I mean, there's just so much, like there's so much, but I'm okay with it. I'm like, okay, let's see what, let's, let's see what happens. Um, but you know, that's a, like, I have a healthy bit of skepticism in regards to it because yeah, yeah. this is not, this is not, yeah, this is, this is not great news, but it's not also bad news. It's just, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, so we shall see. So uh, this week, I actually, so uh, last Sunday, uh, mm-hmm. it, it became uh, Antarctica, where I live. <laughs> and we got the, hey, you're going to work from home this week because the roads oh. are going to ice over. I mean, the, the temps at night have been like 12 degrees. Um, so it, it's, you know, we don't really deal with that kind of like maybe once a year it'll get cold enough that they're like oh we got to treat the roads but not where it's going to stay cold for a week like that so uh in in uh, like 
a miracle uh, announcement. I was just like, nah, they're going to try to twist our arms and be like, well, we really need y'all to come into the office, which is bullshit. But um, yeah, my boss sent out a message. was like, if you have the ability to work from home, please do not try to come into work. Please work from home because um, we're worried about road conditions and don't want anybody out there dying. Anyway, long story shorter. Uh, so I got to work from home this week, which meant, uh, you know, nobody really looking over my shoulder all the time or me having to worry about like, eh, it's kind of slow, which it was pretty slow. Um, mm-hmm. So I could like just throw stuff on. So I got to watch some stuff this week um, <laughs> for the first time <laughs> in eight or nine months. Um, so I watched a few things. Uh, two things we haven't talked about. Uh, mm-hmm. One, there is a show on Netflix called uh, the it's called Rabbit Samurai: The Usagi Chronicles. Yes. Have and, you watched uh, any of it? I have not because. I just literally found out about it this week, um, which, uh, yeah, like, um, talk about an existing property that comes out of nowhere. Like, I was actually genuinely shocked. Like, I was like, what? Wait, 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 what? Wait, wait, this is something from my childhood. Um, Usagi Ujumbo. Um How is it? Like, that's my first question to you. How is so it? So, it is, it's pretty good. Um if you enjoyed, uh, which I'm pretty sure we were both on the same page of the Gremlins mm-hmm. uh, cartoon, where it's like, yes. oh, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Um, it, it's it very much in the same vein of that. Um, I didn't okay. look it up, but I'd honestly be surprised if it's not created by the same people. Um, okay. uh, like animation wise, it looks looks pretty similar. Um, okay, it has that that kind of specific style. Yeah. Uh, okay. it's also, it's, it's, you know, steeped in that culture, but also set in a future timeline. So like, it's like oh. this weird mix of like futuristic kind of tech, but also mm-hmm. old world kind of feel to it as well. Um, they're all anthropomorphic creatures, of course. Yes. Um, and the... Uh, Usagi that you're following is like the great great grandson of the Usagi that we are familiar with. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Um, that, that's very interesting. Okay, uh, does it does it have ties to the the graphic novels that we when we we read when we were kids? I think there's some vague references, but nothing major. Um, oh, okay. There, there are two seasons out. I I blew through both seasons. It's only like ten episodes. They're twenty minutes long. Um, it is very very kiddish. Like it, it is aimed at you know eight and nine year olds, which is you know not that's not a knock against it. I knew that after the first episode. Um, so yeah, d- I mean don't go in expecting um. Some kind of like it, it's not Miyazaki or anything like yeah. that, which is also kid friendly, but it's not necessarily just aimed at children. Um, yes, th- this is uh, 
specifically aimed at children. Like the stories are pretty simplistic. Um, but there's also some, some like really funny stuff. And there's a, there's, uh, this whole running thing in the second season where, uh, he is trying to be a better samurai and part of that is learning to meditate and it may it might only be funny to me um but i've I've also just finished this Brene brown book and she talks about meditating too and how much she hates it and she feels stupid doing it but like there's this whole running thing of where he's trying to learn how to meditate and he's like talking to himself and like this is this is dumb (laughs) i'm not doing anything (laughs) like oh that's great you know and and it's like this whole running gag for most of the second season um it's uh, it's not quite up there with some of the latest uh like turtle stuff um Mm -hmm. which is uh, kind of like not necessarily one for one because uh, Usagi was a little more uh, spiritual than the turtle stuff, but I, I'd say it's it's in there with some of that stuff. That's like, oh, it, it's kiddish, but also there's some stuff for adults. Um, I really, really uh, enjoyed it. Um, I, you know, I I don't think there's anything too deep there, but it's fun. So. Um, certainly something like if you just need like something light, like, oh yeah, I'll watch an episode of this. Um, mm-hmm. the other thing I watched was not light at all. Uh, I watched True Detective. Oh Jesus. Like I'm not like I was waiting. Okay. So I'm waiting. Like that is definitely on my list, but it's I'm waiting until it finishes because I know you should because <laughs> uh, I, I know how those true detective seasons work. Um, and... I, mean, I was kind of upset at myself for not waiting. Cause like it's good. It's really good. It could go really, really bad, but uh-huh. watching it week to week is definitely going to mean I'm committed. And <sighs> There is a reveal at the end of episode one where I'm like, mm-hmm. son of a bitch, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> what is that? Um, I That's you'll funny. you'll appreciate it because it feels like, at least from the first episode, it is definitely mm-hmm. drawing inspiration from Carpenter's The Things. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. Now here's the question. Do we think, okay, so like every single season um, of this show has a weird like component of of like supernatural horror, but it ends up being nothing. Do we think this is the first season where because like, okay, so like the director and writer of the show is a woman that's known to like um, do horror films and like deal with the supernatural in a big way. Um, do we think that it's one of those things where, like, they're gonna actually go into the horror aspect of it, like, and not just be, oh, it's just a, um, it's just a a red herring. Like, it was just a red herring. I I think they're gonna stay true to form. I think it's gonna be a red herring, and I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm fine with that. Like, I'm I'm mm-hmm. truly truly fine with that. Um, but 
yeah, I don't know. Like it, it's this it it is it feels like this weird mix of uh Zodiac and uh the thing. Thing? Oh wow, okay. I like and, it. I like and, it. Like I it is uh like it feels weird to say return to form. Like mm-hmm. because it like I mean it's been a decade since season one. Like and we've just gotten the first episode of season four. Um but that's that's how like shitty season two was um and season three was great i think we talked about it when i watched it maybe uh yes. with mahershala ali, ali. like I, I really really enjoyed it um because I, I think i just watched it last year um uh steven dorf was fucking phenomenal in it um but it, it's also like you know it it is what it is. This feels a lot more like season one where it's just like, Oh, what the fuck okay. is going on? Like, you know, it season three was like, it didn't, it didn't really have like, it had a hook, but it didn't have that, uh, true, like supernatural. Like it was a little bit, but this feels very like, yeah, it, it's, it's fucking crazy. Um, um, I, everybody in it is great. Like just Jodie Foster. I, I'm I've not been excited to see Jodie Foster in anything in a long time. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a lot. What a lot of people have been like. What a lot of people say because like it's just she's like she like she has her interest and some people love it and some people don't and that's okay i mean she's one of our greatest actresses and she's like she's been on the spotlight like people really don't realize like jodie foster was a fucking disney kid like and yeah. she was she's been around since the 70s so that's like literally that is 50 plus years she's been on the spotlight so like when she decides to ebb and flow into something it's like it's her interest, right? And it's interesting that she's going back to a procedural because she made a very big point of not going ever back to the procedurals after she won her Oscar as Clarice Starling. Um, which, like, that's the kind of thing that you want an actor to do. Like, if they do something that great, right? Like, and she is, like, one of the greatest, like, heroines or heroes of all time. Like, is Clarice Starling, right? Um it's like it's almost like you want other actors to do is something like that, like she did. Just like she just kind of like brushed the dirt off her shoulder. I'm good. I just I, I just like laid down the goat on you. So no, thank you. But like her coming back to this, that's the thing that made me like kind of give a pause and go, wait, wait, wait. So she's coming back and like everybody's going to be comparing this to or going to try to compare this to Silence of the Lambs, right? But she's coming back to this kind of this this area. There must be something here. And you kind of all co- but confirmed that this is something very different, right? I mean, like the setting is different, but it sounds like this is something that's very much so a different a different kind of beast altogether. Yeah, and uh, John Hawks playing her, mm. uh, like he's not her foil. He's more like her punching bag. Oh, uh, like damn. it's really really interesting um um have we have we ever have we we've had john hawk's conversations but have we ever talked about his like have you you've seen the um what is that movie that he did it was like 
I'll get back to it. But but like like please continue on with the whole thing of um uh, of like like his character itself. Like is is it like typical John Hawks or is it like oh this is different? Like he's got a meaty role. He's gonna dive his like like it's like it, it's uh it's sleazebag in a way that we haven't really seen him do sleazebag. Like we've seen him be sleazy, but more in the like uh like like you kind of like like him kind of way like in oh. um uh what's the now i'm drawing a blank on the movie um where he's the the sheriff winner's bone oh um, yes winner's bone where it's just yeah. like oh yeah he's a he's an asshole or whatever um this is more just like uh like this isn't spoilers there's uh there's a scene in the the first episode where they've they've arrested this this woman who who was drunk driving and so they've got her in the drunk take and she's screaming and yelling and john hogs is just gonna let her out and let her go and jody foster's like no put her back like you're not putting a drunk guy back out on the street he's like i'm tired of listening to her and uh just forgive the language but she says look just because she blows you every now and then doesn't mean you can just let her out of jail and like he it like shuts him down and then he just looks at her and he goes you know i have a fiance right and (laughs) jody foster's character goes oh yeah you mean olga or whatever her name is your mail order bride and he's like she's not a mail order bride like it's that kind of like sleaziness where it's just oh. like, <laughs> like this guy <laughs> is like, like he's just. It's not that he's not a good guy. It's just that he's just gross. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's yes, like we've not seen John Hawks do anything kind of like that, like on this scale. I mean, I'm he's done a lot, so I'm sure he's done yeah. something. But like, this is a big fucking show. And so for him to just lean into like playing like scuzzier than scuzzy sleaze kind of dude, it's it's kind of fun. Like I, I was yeah. I was just like, oh wow, this is great, man. And like it, he really is like her punching bag. Like she just, you know, she doesn't like him, but because they live in this fucking small ass Alaska town with like 12 people this is who she's got <laughs> <laughs> oh man um so um so like literally like at least within the first episode it feels like the quality is upticked like even beyond like okay so like for me it's it, it's season one season three and then season two like that's the quality of order, oh, yeah. right like season three almost gets it because Mahershala is so fucking good in that series, but it just doesn't feel as it doesn't like it doesn't feel as great as season one. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's it, it's very kind of much so a thing of like I don't know. There's something special about Woody and and uh, McConaughey together like the weight like it's like it's a first season right it's a truly great off the running 
great season, right? Um, and it's an anthology series, so, but where do you, like, it feels like the uptick quality is even better than the third, and it's, like, if they can land the ending, whatever the ending is, it'll be, like, the successor, the true successor to season one's True Detective. Yeah. Is that kind of accurate? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. That actually gets me excited. I may actually have to start watching it week to week with you because then we can kind of do an update to it if it's that good. Um, uh, But I we will probably know more next weekend or no, actually this weekend because it's actually happening. So if you get like if you get that whole thing of like, oh, yeah, this is going to this seems like it's going to hit. Let me know and I'll start. I'll catch I'll do the catch up and we can start talking about it because, you know, it's always it's always good to have something to talk about. And I mean, True Detective is definitely like big time, right? Yeah, I I, I've I was not excited for the. I was just like, oh, my God, like, how are they going to like keep doing this like season two was such a bummer season three was great but it didn't feel like season one it just felt like Mm -hmm. like just the story they were that they slapped true detective on uh that was good you know and yeah this this feels like season one and like i'm excited i'm excited for sunday night like i i mean i haven't been excited to watch something on sunday night on hbo at 10 o'clock which was like the prime it's like that's when you watched hbo right yeah like 10 o'clock on sunday night whatever the fuck it is it's gonna be on hbo it's gonna be great like (laughs) you know it kind of feels like that you know okay like even with house of the dragon i didn't feel like that i was like oh yeah i gotta watch that like you know into game of thrones i didn't feel like that i was like oh yeah i gotta gotta watch game of thrones i guess um like this is just like i cannot wait for that that clock to tick over to ten oh one, so I boot up Max and be like, watching that. <laughs> uh, that's great. Now I have to ask because uh, True Detective is known for their opening scene, or like their opening moments. Uh, what is the what is the um, the opening music sound like? Like like is it like a pairing with this or like I don't know. Like I'm always excited to see like what they do because they really do lavish like. Um, like opening moments, like the opening credits. Uh, did they actually have that for that, or was that something that's not there and it'll be on episode two? You think? Um, no, I'm pretty sure it's there. Um, okay. I mean, it's it's creepy, weird, like just kind of like what you'd expect. Okay. I, I I will say that the the it, and when you do get around to watching it, you'll that this was like the first scene of the show. Mm-hmm. Like I was just like, holy fuck, are they doing John Carpenter's the thing? Like <laughs> it's just like it's it's so creepy and eerie and like this there's something that gets said and I'm just like what is this gonna be? Um <laughs> I, yeah, I'm I'm so excited for, for tomorrow night. Like I get to watch football all day and then yeah. Uh, I get to watch True Detective, and I, I'm I'm stoked for it, man. Oh man, that's gonna be good. Okay, well then, I will I will report back next week because I'm definitely going to watch the two episodes. Yeah. Um, with your record, like you know, now that you've like you know, you've definitely talked to me about that and stuff. I mean, um, yeah. it, it could jump off a fucking cliff, but you know, <laughs> it could. like I, the first episode, I think is it, it's as solid as 
the first episode of the first season. Oh wow, like, that's I, saying I, a lot. I, like the quality I, level, that's saying a lot. Like I, I really think it is. I, I could be okay. off base. It's been a while since I watched it. I, again, the the season three, the Mahershala Ali season. I enjoyed. I enjoyed it overall. I was not locked in until probably like the third episode of that show. Yeah. So, um, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Like now I'm now I'm in. Um, but this, like, immediate, like from the first five minutes, I was just like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> that is great like i am super excited like you giving it the like the kind of the seal of approval it definitely makes me want to go watch it so i will be reporting back with you um did you watch the reacher finale no i did not this um, guy i work with will not shut up about it who's like man watch it watch it watch it i'm like i i'll watch it eventually dude i was like but you pestering me saying watch it watch it watch it it's not gonna get me to watch it <laughs> he will no, not, not shut up about how good it was i love reacher um but um like i have two episodes left because i like to watch them like they're kind of constructed like mini movies so if you watch them like two or three in a row you're getting like a full movie like yeah. a like a little trilogy of movies so like i have i have that one and the um i have that one and the um uh, and the second the penultimate to watch so i'm excited i definitely am i lo i loved this season um it's as strong as it, it's actually i feel like it's stronger than the uh first season which is saying a lot like it really is saying a lot because like that first season i really liked a lot um but it's all to like it's all in service of like you know i kind of like to watch things in bulk i hate watching one episode at a time it's it's one of those things that just kind of like pisses me off <laughs> yeah. um it's like it's the same reason why i haven't watched that you've seen the previews for that um the uh the um the murder mystery to sit on the boat that stars um i, I want to watch is it out yet yeah it just dropped this um on tuesday okay i want to watch that yeah i do too um it it, it dropped and it's like hulu dropped three episodes and then there's an episode every week for whatever seven weeks or something like it, or like I, it's I eight like weeks Mandy I like Mandy Patinkin. Mandy Patinkin. I love yeah. Mandy Patinkin. Yeah. So I will watch him as a as a like you know as a detective like a as a like prickly detective anytime. Yeah. Um it's basically I saw an early review that was like well it's not uh only murders in the building. I'm like yeah but if it kind of hits that like like scratches that itch just a little bit Mm -hmm. Like I'm kind of in for it, you know, kind of the the monk psych, like those yes. kind of like shows that like I I wasn't like like fanboying out over, but I was like I enjoy watching these. So like you know they're they're kind of procedural, but it's not fucking Law and Order SVU. Like yeah, if it scratches that itch, like that's fine. Like it doesn't have to be high art. No, no, it really doesn't. Like, it just has to be, like, I feel like people have forgotten, like the, like, like we talked about last week, like the double, right? Like the yeah. the, the the double is like has the double and the triple has been forgotten, and I refuse to, I refuse to not, um, 
I refuse to not have that in my life and not enjoy those, uh, like enjoy the ever living shit out of those. Because you know what, to be perfectly honest, like the first couple of episodes of only murderers in the building wasn't a, like they weren't a huge, like they weren't like, like I think that people forget, like when we first started watching it was like, okay, so where's this going? Like, it was like, it's good, but where is it going? Um, And like, actually seeing like like they had to build and i feel like that's what people don't like to don't like to talk about anymore is the build right like the build-up of a of a fan base and it's like they just want instantly it to be great and it's just not like that like i'm sorry but it just doesn't work like that at all ever like in the history of things right like you don't like something isn't great and you love it instantly and it's comfort food you have to kind of it's kind of has to be earned um at least in my estimation right like i don't know um but i mean sometimes i mean sometimes things do are just like immediate like oh shit that's a home run like yeah like uh we're about to talk about uh one um it's not it's well it's somebody's first time but yeah uh, most everybody involved it's not their first time but uh but yeah uh but yeah you're right most of the time it's it's like a build and sometimes it's not a build up to anything that that is huge you know in, in the sports vernacular sometimes it's a build up to uh, hey we made the first round of the playoffs and then got embarrassed so you know <laughs> sometimes you're the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys so. yes you are sometimes you are not not often unless you're the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> uh, I kind of feel bad for their fans <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, I mean, um, my wife is one. So, yeah. um, you know, uh, she like like they have a very good sense of like what they're they have a very good sense of their team and what and what their team does. And they they like like they're I think that honestly, they're waiting for Jerry to like. To just fucking leave the mortal, yeah. well, or leave this mortal coil because he's not yeah. over his dead body. Like that's, yeah. uh, so they're just kind of waiting to see who comes in, and then if they can actually, honestly, in true blue, like course correct. Because Jerry being involved with everything is kind of I mean, terrible. Was it twelve or thirteen years straight of making the playoffs and not winning a game? Yep. I mean, yep. that's that's rough, man. I mean, that is not winning a single playoff game in 12 years and making it every time. That's fucking rough. Like that's that's quality teams. And then just going like, oh, we don't know how to win a playoff game. Um, yeah, that that is that's rough anyway. Um, so you watched two movies last week. I said I was going to try to watch them. And I managed to watch both of them. <laughs> so, uh, well, let's talk about what I think is the lesser of the two movies first. Uh, yeah. yeah well, I'm sure I you mean, feel yeah. the same way. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, okay, so why don't we talk about self-reliance? Um, so my first big question for you is this, which is something that I think that was unintentional, is... Do we all think it's in his head or is it actually happened? Because I have my theory, but I'd like to hear you before anything. I I would I kept going back and forth. 
Like, Mm -hmm. I think the end, and spoilers for the movie, I think the end definitely solidifies that it isn't in his head, because otherwise, why is Wayne Brady there? (laughs) Exactly. Um, But I've also heard theories that um, Wayne Brady isn't a figment of his imagination, and they're going along with it, because they don't know what else to do. And I was like, that's a strong, that is a strong take. I'm, I'm not offended by it. I'm not saying that it's wrong, but at the same time, <laughs> that's a big stretch and a big ask because it seems like they're interacting with him, right? Yeah. Like they seem like, like, you know, and then it's the Wayne Brady of it. Like, cause it's just a, a one-off joke that like, so like, like it's weird because it's like, this movie is so brash, but it's also really subtle at the same, same time. It's a very weird kind of like combination of like tones and shifts that it's dealing with. And you don't like, if you're not listening, you don't really understand that line. It's a throwaway line about Wayne Brady. Right. And, but then it, it, it pays off like, fabulously because it's fucking wayne brady right like it's literally wayne brady it's like calling in a favor for somebody it's like we know why andy was there because andy is there because he's a producer right lonely island guys are making this movie um or helping johnson but it's like wayne brady it's like it's like calling in a solid favor for somebody but it's the best kind of cameo though it's like weird right like because it works but it also like helps the plot along so it doesn't feel like a gratuitous cameo, even though it is. Yeah. Um, it, it's so I liked the movie fine. Mm-hmm. I didn't love the movie. And I here's this is going to sound weird. This is what happens when you have a movie written and directed by a guy who's really good at improv who Mm -hmm. hires a bunch of other people who are really good at improv. And then they just make a movie. Nobody's sticking to the script. Nobody gives a shit about the plot. It's more about like interacting with each other in the scene. And like, I feel like a lot of with Anna Kendrick and Jake Johnson, a lot of the, the banter and the like, actually like them, like laughing is them really laughing. It's not like, oh, yeah, I got to laugh at this joke in the script. Like, it's literally just take after take of them riffing until one of them breaks. And then it's on to the next thing. Yeah. Th- it's fun. It, it It is fun. But, like, it, I, it just, it kind of meanders. And not in a terrible way, not in a like this is boring way. It's just you know, it, it's it's like listening to a podcast of well, I would probably like listening to us talk, <laughs> 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 where it's just like guys that like just go down a rabbit hole where they're just talking about you know, like just whatever. Not there's no real point to it, like mm-hmm. which sucks because the the premise of the movie implies that there's going to be some kind of like point other than, but like, it just winds up being what it is, you know, Uh, like uh, it is a comedic take on the game. Yes. Or, or a hard target or any of those man hunting movies. Right. 
<laughs> and but like at least with the game, I and I mean people might hate me for this. I I, I don't think the game is a, as great a film as a lot of people think it is. I think it's fine, but uh, there is a point to all of that, you know, mm-hmm. about like appreciating the life that you have not taking things for granted like this movie never really leans into any of that it kind of is just like oh yeah yeah but on to the next funny bit it's like just a series of like sketches and it's fine it's just not i was a lot more hopeful for it than what what i got out of it i I do think the bits with the cameos are all really, really good, though. They really are. Like, um, I liked it a lot more than you did, uh, but it was still a WTF movie. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it was like, what the hell is going on here? Like, literally, yeah. what the hell's going on here? I, I don't understand anything in this movie. Like, why they made the choices that they made. Like, but... The ninja stuff it... is really funny. Every oh single time, it's funny. Like, <laughs> uh, it really is like it really like I, I just kind of continue to like like what like I continue to think about that, especially with the guy who plays Argyle from um, mm-hmm. Stranger Things as the main PA ninja. Um, he's fucking great. Like and he gives credence to like all of those people that like um like everything that he thought about and like all of the what I okay so what I love about the movie is that Jake Johnson does something that as a director and a writer um that I love which is you throw out the stupidest wildest line that doesn't make any sense in reality and then you pay it off about about 15 to 20 minutes later yeah with the actual thing that they're talking about it's what okay so it's what What's his name? What the fuck is his name? Seth MacFarlane thinks that he does, but he doesn't. Like, because oh, that, that reminds me, I accidentally watched a couple episodes of Ted because it started oh, playing after the game the other day. Yes. Um. Yeah. It's not good. It's not terrible. But anyway, uh, I, I'm probably not going to go back to it. Uh, the <laughs> the kid is actually pretty decent, but uh, okay. Anyway, uh, yeah, you're right. Like, pay it. Like, it's it's not a reference. It's a joke. It's it's a reference that becomes a joke. Pay, that, that, becomes, that pays off. Yeah, that becomes a huge story point, right? Like, yeah. like that's that's my favorite thing that happens in like certain kinds of comedies. And this is a certain kind of comedy. It's not going to be for everybody, right? Like. Like, I look at it and I go, oh, yeah, like, this is not for everybody. But you know what? I'm okay with that. I don't want everything to be, like, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't want everything to be for everybody, including me. Like, I want the uniqueness out there. And, man, Jake Johnson has created, like, this very wild, like, if seven people laugh at a given moment, he's okay with it, right? If no one laughs at it, he's okay. Because he finds it eternally amusing. And um, it's kind of brave in that regard, like because it does some very wild things. Like I appreciated, like I appreciated the 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 unhoused guy that was like he hires, but it's like 
it's not just a one-off joke, right? Like he carries it to the logical end. Yeah. And it's Biff, like what that guy's name is Biff, something Biff Whiff or something. Like yeah. He's, he's 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 one of those like been in fifty or sixty different things. He's a he's a uh he's a Michael Shore guy. Yes. Uh, he was also in everything everywhere all at once. So um, but he looks very different in this. Yeah. Like a very different, uh, a very different look, which I mean, I'm not, uh, you know, um, he's good at doing that one thing. Like he's yes. really, really good at playing this one specific type of character. Yeah, he very much so is, but, but it's like the way that Johnson uses him is very like, it's, it's very, like it's it's perfect like the way that it the the relationship evolves until the end and then the whole ending um where like he's made promises and he delivers on those promises which is yeah. kind of like it's weird because it's kind of heartwarming as much as it is repulsing like watching Jake Johnson like fight with his family it, there's too much reality in that if you know what i mean like if you've yeah. ever gotten into a fight with your i mean i know you 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 have a, you have sisters so you've had those weird arguments with your sisters that churn into this weird septic thing that no one should be allowed to listen to other than your family right like other than your closest family members like there are those arguments that shouldn't be had with like or that aren't had with anybody but your family and you don't talk about them with other people because they are just so like when you think about it later, you're like, man, I was I was kind of a psychotic. I said some fucking nasty shit, shit that I shouldn't have said. But it's just it's family. Right. And he gets that dynamic. He gets that trashy dynamic. Um, my favorite is the I can't even think of who played her. The one that keeps on egging everything on. She's like, oh, I want to see this. Let's go ahead and do this. Like, who <laughs> yeah. is just in complete disbelief and just egging her, 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 her brother's supposed mental break on because she just, she just fucking around to find out, right? Um, she's like one of my favorite side characters that come out of nowhere. Um, uh, but yeah, it's it's one of those movies where I don't think we've ruined it because we've not really talked about the plot other than to say it's like you know, it's a man being hunted film. Um, the I mean that, that that's the that's the literally the extent of it is like yeah. like it, it it's all you're literally become like the like you're watching it just to see the 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 jokes which it sounds like derivative but like because again I did enjoy it I enjoyed like the little bits of humor uh, mm-hmm. I mean there's a lot of humor it's just like a little bit here than a few minutes and a little bit like it's all a little bit different you know Mm -hmm. and uh you know but there's no nothing there's no major emotional thing to it it's just like oh hey yeah like you're like you know maybe your life I guess it's kind of maybe your life isn't as bad as you think it is or but like it never drives that point home. And, you know, in fairness to Jake Johnson, maybe that's not the movie because I sat down thinking, oh, this is the kind of movie it's going to be. There's going to be some catharsis to it. There really isn't. But maybe that's not the movie he wanted to make. So that's on my expectations and not necessarily his delivery, because, I mean, the movie is it's 
perfectly fine. Like it's mm-hmm. very enjoyable. Um, I, uh, I, I really like Anna Kendrick. I was kind of disappointed that her storyline doesn't really go anywhere. Well, and it's also the, like, it's the, it's okay. So like spoilers guys, they really should have had her be a part of the situation. I like, agree. I agree. Like it does not help anything. And I, I guess that's where he wanted to go because they, they, you think they're going that way at one point yeah. and then it's all just this misdirect, but then the misdirect, like she, she literally is just like pieces out of the plot. Like I appreciated that story point. Like, Oh, that's interesting that she was just like, Oh yeah, I was really fucking bored. And I was like, Oh, this sounds like it might be fun. So, um, you know, I, I appreciated that, but like, then she's just gone for the most part. Like, I mean, she does come back kind of sort of, um, but it's like, there was no, winds up not being much of a point. Whereas like, uh, um, uh, what was the, the lonely Island movie from last year? Uh, or year before last, uh, um, the one, it, well, it was on Hulu too. Uh, with yeah, Andy it's Sandberg. the time travel. It's the time yeah. travel movie. Um, oh Where, gosh, what is like, it called? That had um, Palm Springs. Palm Springs. Yeah, Palm Springs. That had a real like. I, mean, I hate to keep saying catharsis, but like it did. Where mm-hmm. like these two people wind up like meaning something to each other. Yes, um, and. I thought that's where they were going with it and it really wasn't. Um, and, and it's fine, but like, I, I think I'm with you. I think it would have been more interesting had like that. Is she, isn't she part of the, 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 the deal here? Like mm-hmm. would have played out that like, Oh yeah, she was, she was in on it or whatever. You know? Yes, and and you can still have like, oh, I was in on it. Uh, I was doing it for the money, and like, but it turns out like you're really charming. I really liked you. Like, I'm really sorry. Like, but they don't do any of that, which I mean, maybe is to their credit. Like, yeah, you know, good for you for not taking the obvious route, but it also doesn't really lead to anything else. No, it really doesn't. And um It's a good hangout movie. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Like like as long as you're like <laughs> like it's weird because it's like these terrible characters, right? But you're okay by, with them being terrible because that's just who they are. It's not like ugly for the sake of ugly. It's just like this lived in it yeah, really feels yeah, like, like people kind of suck at their core, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, but there's nothing wrong with that. Like, and it doesn't make it a point to be like, oh, well, Jake Johnson is the hero. I mean, he's just as fucking s- stupid and oh, fucked yeah, up as yeah. his family is, <laughs> yeah. if not more so. Um, and it's just like, it's kind of this wild ass movie where every decision that it makes, you think it's the wrong decision. But it actually turns out to be the right decision for this movie, right? Yeah. And what I like about it is that it really does feel like, like for me, and it's something that I feel like it's perfect to transition into, is that it feels like a movie that would have been made by one of my favorite, Elliot Gould, in the 1970s. 
Like, yeah. like think about it. Like if it was like this movie, if it was made 50 years ago, it would have starred Elliot Gould and it would have, it would have been directed by Robert Altman because it's yeah. that kind of weird vibey. Like I'm not going to do exactly what you think. I will have one scene where it becomes very scary for him, but then everything else is just all a, a load of bollocks. Like we're all, we're taking the piss out of this kind of genre film and I'm making a, I'm making a character study out of it. And that's what I loved about it is that I like, I have to respect a movie that goes hard on its perspective, but also doesn't give me any of the stupidity of a ninth of a, of a current era movie, because yeah. like, I don't like what I don't like about films right now is that they make movies about terrible fucking people. It's same thing with TV, right? They give me terrible fucking people and they make them funny, but they're not, they're so abrasive in their funniness. It's like they're writing themselves and they don't know how to write people that are, that at, <clears throat> that are genuinely at their core human to which I'm going to say that the next movie that we're going to talk about, which I feel is a good transition to talk about this movie, yep. is a movie about terrible people, but at the core, they're so fucking human. And we know these people. And it, it's like, it's just this like magic trick that Alexander Payne has like created. And it's like, it's almost like give Jake Johnson 20 years and he will be, he will, he will somehow get to the Alexander Payne version of whatever he's doing in comedy because yeah. it's there. The antecedent is there. It's like, I don't hate any of these people, even though they're terrible people, they're just existing and it's kind of fun to watch them, but they're not abrasive. Like most movies have like mo most modern movies, like, Oh, we're going to make a terror. We're going to make a movie about a terrible person and they're going to be unredeemable. And we like it because it's great. And you've never seen this before, but it's like, but yeah, I have to understand what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So like you watched the holdovers, like, yeah, I just watched it last night. <laughs> and okay. So like, we have to like, we have to preface this, right? Cause like I saw it after the big, like, I after saw it after some of the big hype. You saw it after multiple wins for Giamatti in this cast. And it's like the tidal wave is coming and it's like, this is the, this is like, you know, if you, if you didn't like Oppenheimer, the holdovers is what you're going to be rooting for kind of like advertisement bullshit that like, you know, can't we just yeah. exist in a world where it doesn't have to be a competition just all great films are great films. But anyway, um, what was your initial, like, what is your initial like big theory thoughts on the holdovers now that you've seen it? I, I mean, I love this movie. Um, right? it was not the. It was funny, but it was not mm -hmm. the it was not as comedic as I thought it was gonna be. Um, it was more of the like uh, like the lo like low key funny. I don't know how to 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 really describe it's, it, but where I'm just yeah. like little chuckles here and there. But like it is funny, but it's not necessarily a comedy. But uh, you're right, and then like. Um, it is it's so human because mm -hmm. like from from every aspect like it's hard not to relate to any of these characters for me at least like yeah i i was with 
the kids more or less you know like like mm-hmm. yeah this guy's being a little harsh on them but also like yeah this guy like you know he needs something in his life that like he's definitely lacking some human connection that that he's and he's shut himself off from you know you have this grieving mother um you know and you get to see all of them like forced to be together and kind of yes find a way to work around that and to like better get to know each other like i i love the scene where he gives them like they go to that party and yeah the the other teachers like you're not it's tomorrow's christmas day like you're not gonna try like he is still a kid you could try Mm -hmm. to make it special for him and uh uh he so he does like he goes and gets a tree but he doesn't have any decorations um and then he he wraps gifts but like he gives them to both of them the same book that he thinks is very very important which i i get like his desire to pass that on but like also you see later at the end that he literally (laughs) just has a box of those books yes the marcus aurelius book which is so great it's both like that payoff is so billy wilder because it's like the ha ha oh it's happy it's like it's like both it's both funny but it's also super sad like it's like the saddest thing in the world because of how it ends and where he is at that moment but you manage to put a nice little exclamation point that that makes you like you said it's it's a chuckle but at the same time it's such a barbarous chuckle because it's like oh that shit's funny yeah oh man but he's still leaving and he's like he's done this thing for this kid and it's like but it's still funny and it's like it's that balance like i find in billy wilder films or hal ashby films where it's like it's so morose like the movie the entire movie is very morose right yeah but it has these pockets of pure joy humanity comedy anger and but it still manages to be morose and not maudlin not like you're sitting there it, it, it's it, it, it like you're not sitting there going, fuck my life. It's almost like this is what life is. This is yeah. life in all I mean, of the, its the weird complexity. At, the scene at the party where he's talking to the other teacher. And yes. he's like, you can see like he's getting not like super hopeful, but like, oh, I'm, I'm making a, a connection with this woman. Yes. And she's like, oh, hey, excuse me for a second. And she gets up and walks away. And then her boyfriend walks in that you didn't know that she had. Throws her arms around him and just gives him this long kiss. And then it cuts back to Giamatti. And he's just like, of course. Like, of course. Like, you know. You know. And he's trying really hard not to let, like, that bitterness about everything uh get to him and and then like they're they're always on him about how harsh he is with the students and like you don't 
like you can kind of see it like these kids are dicks. Like that yeah. he's right. He's like they're all privileged assholes who think that they just have a free ride and our job is to try to make them into like the people they really should be. But yeah. the the other side of that is when they go to where do they go to Boston? Um yes. and they run into that guy that Giamatti was in college with at Harvard and yep. you find out that he was expelled from Harvard you know for successive like it gets crazier and crazier why he got yep. expelled you're like oh he was expelled for cheating nope nope didn't get expelled for cheating I, I ran him over with my car but it was car, an accident yep. and like that's funny but also like recontextualizes why he is the way he is with these kids. Yes. Because yeah. one of those privileged assholes cheated off of him, accused him of cheating. And and then and now he's just like, this is the only thing I can do. It's, you know, he does feel at home there, but he does also feel like resigned to this fate of yeah. teaching at the school. And because they they punch down on him, like yeah. that's the thing that I love about this movie is that it never it never makes it a, a theme, but it definitely like gives you this thing of like there's a reason why this guy is an asshole and why he does like the trauma behind it all is kind of uh, it's like hurt people hurt people, you yep, know exactly, and and, and but, the kid yeah like. And I, all of the kids, I'm sure, have something like, but we really yeah. only get into uh, his like reasoning and like they go visit his. Well, first he says his dad is dead. And then, yes. you know, you find out that's not true. And, you know, then we're visiting his dad in this institution. And it's just like, holy shit, man. And like for uh, Paul Giamatti's character, like at the end, to stand up for this kid like it, it's just it's so just great but it's not just him standing up for the kid it's also him like saying i'm no longer gonna resign myself to this fate even though i'm yes. comfortable here like you know he does it for the kid but he's also doing it for himself because this is the only way he's ever going to break the cycle that he's in. Like a hundred percent. Like, like not only the cycle, but the hate, like, like for himself, like the self-loathing of himself, like, because there's a lot of like, once you get to that point where you like the Boston trip happens and he explains what happens, you know, what happened to him, you know, that it's all self-loathing. Like everything yeah. about it is self-loathing and, and it's a cycle. And he like, First, when I first watched it and I saw the I, like, you know, you he goes in and you know exactly like Payne's approach to it is perfect because we don't need the speechifying. We don't need the scent of a woman. I would have burned this place down. We don't yeah. need that. He shuts the door and it's behind closed doors and we know exactly what happens. We know that what he's going to do, like even like there's no tension in it. Right. Even though it's 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 not there. It's all what's unsaid. Right. Like there don't there doesn't need to be it. But like when he comes out 
and you realize like the weight of his decision, but it's also like you look at it and you go, he's changed and he knows he's changed and he's done something for somebody else. He's done what a teacher normally should do at their greatest and he's never done before, which yeah. is he's taken the bullet. He's gone in front. And he goes, no, this kid deserves a chance. Yeah, you you guys are a bunch of assholes and you think that he's not like he like, you know, he, he should just be sent off to military school and he's something to ignore. But he's not. He's your fucking child and he should stay here. And it was me that did it. And it's a very wonderful moment. Right. Like yeah. it, it's like it's this and it's not played that big it's not played like in normal like in those oscar baby movies and i think that that's what makes this special is that it doesn't lead into those stupid tropes the only thing that you get is and you know like this is how you know and it just kills me it kills it kills me i've seen it twice now and it kills me when he says it he goes you look at this eye this is the eye yeah. and you just fucking like it's just like fuck like if they ended on that with him just walking away and credits rolled up, it would have been a different movie, but it would have been like, I would have understood if they went yeah. that way, but it doesn't go that way. And it's not jaded and it's not like it, for as sarcastic and kind of like what it feels like as a jaded movie. It's a, like the reason why they have that additional point in the ending is it's kind of, it's hopeful. It's not it's tenuously hopeful. It's real hopefulness, right? Like he's going off to someplace different. His time here is over. He's finally been released from prison, that the prison of his own making, right? Yeah. 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 I, I, I mean, it, it's, I, I was not at all, after watching, I was like, yeah, of course, Giamatti won. Like, I, it, this is such a fucking great performance. Um, but also, uh, his name's Dominic Sessa, the kid. Uh, yes, Dominic Sessa. First, first film, and this is what I was talking about earlier. Sometimes somebody like steps up, first time out, fucking just nails it, like just Man, out of the park. Like, like he's so good, like just. <laughs> I, I mean. We, we were talking about Star Wars earlier, and yeah. that movie is filled with a lot of... All those movies are filled with a lot of people who are pretending to be younger than they are and yes. trying to be angsty as fuck. This kid is it. Yes. Like, he's well, it. He, like, like if he doesn't get nominated... Like, I keep on thinking about it, because he hasn't been nominated. It's always been... It's been... And... This is not taking away from Giamatti and Joy uh, Joy Branton uh, Joy Bryant. Um, I can't remember her last name, um, but it's not to take away from their monster performances, and they absolutely should both win. But this kid has gotten no love from awards, and I almost hope that the Academy like doesn't like just sees this movie and goes, "Oh, this fucking kid too." Let's go ahead and give this kid a nomination because. The work is so fucking accomplished. The work is so like he like like he is a part like it's a trio, right? It's a trifecta in this movie yeah. at a certain point. Oh, it starts divine. Off, You're talking about divine. Yeah, divine. Yeah, yeah. divine she, joy. She she's divine. so fucking good in only murder. She's good in everything, but thing, every yeah. time she shows up in only murders, I'm just like, I love her. <laughs> yeah. Well, what the fuck cop. are you doing? <laughs> yeah. The 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 fucking like 
every time. What the fuck are you guys yeah. doing? Like the reality check. I love yeah. her. Um, and she is so good in this. Like the scenes around the TV are some of my favorite of the year. Yeah. Because yeah. it's it's just watching the dating game. She's like, what is like, this? She's like, you don't yeah. know what the dating game is? Dating game is? <laughs> uh, he, uh, he's like, lonely is an aesthetic I really like. <laughs> or being alone is an aesthetic I really like. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's, but Dominic Sessa, like, from the, like, from the moment you meet him, it, it's like, there's just this quality where it's like, Okay, so this kid isn't going to be a star. He's going to be a fucking actor with a capital A. Yeah. Um, and, like, I will say one thing that I really... Like, the thing that I feel like nobody's talking about is how unexpectedly delightful the path the movie takes in its two hours and 20 minutes. Because it's all about, like, it's a hangout film. Like, we were just talking about, like, how Self-Reliance is a hangout film. This is a kind of a hangout film because... yeah. Once they get to the, like, the crux, like, the first 10 minutes is just the setup, right? And then once they get to the setup, they, like, it's like when the kids start moving into the, into the, uh, because there's more than one kid. But we're not going to tell you, like, I feel like this movie deserves to be, like, enjoyed. I, that that surprised me. It surprised yeah, me. Right? But I, what I, also, I like, thought this was going to be more about, like, the kids versus the adults kind of thing or... Like, whatever. But uh, I, yeah. I was shocked at, at the way it all played out. Um, it's, the scene where the kids are running around outside the school and they're coming back and those guys are taking the Christmas tree and they're like, where are you going with our Christmas tree? I'm like, that is so fucked up. The school sold it back to them. <laughs> yes, it sold it back to them and they're going to sell it back over. But I mean, that is such a that is such a 70s fucking thing. Right. Like yeah. that feels like a set like this movie. What I loved about this movie is that it 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 lives in the 70s, but it also feels like it was shot in the 70s. It was directed oh, in that yeah. time the, um, from, the, from the title cards. Like, yes, it, it, like everything is has the 70s aesthetic to it. Um, like, I, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly a. To, to this day, I, I will be forever shocked, and I know that they haven't been associated with Miramax in quite some time. time but yeah, I, every time I see Miramax, I'm like, I can't believe that somebody didn't just be like, we can never use this name. Like, we just yeah. can't. We can't. <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> Fuck this shit. You know, uh, it's uh, Miramax comes from. I, I know you know, but anybody who doesn't know Miramax, the name comes from the combination of Bob and Harvey Weinstein's parents' names. That's Miramax. Um, yep. And, of course, the company was wrestled away from them, and that's why they started uh, the Weinstein Company. Um, and now that'll never be a thing again. Uh, no. Very much thankfully so. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, it, I was just like, oh, hey, <laughs> they put Miramax in the front of this movie. Um you know, but it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, like <laughs> I, I love the look of it. I love, like it's just everything about this movie. I loved. Um, I, I, I listened to a podcast. And part another reason I, uh, I was like, you know, I really do need to watch this. Is I was listening to another podcast, and this guy was going on and on about it, and uh, it, he said it's, it's added. It's officially become one of the movies he's added to his watch at Christmas list. 
And I was like, oh, okay, so it's going to be that level of... My my Christmas movies tend to be more on the, like, fun, goofy level. And, I mean, mm-hmm. this movie is fun, but, like, it's also, like, very, like, heart-wrenching, too. Um, the only movie I watch at Christmas that falls into that category is Love Actually. And I only watch okay. it once. I watch it one time every year, and that's it. Because <laughs> that's all I can stand. I was like, uh-huh. I, I was, so I was expecting a little, something a little more light than, than what we got. Um, so yes. I, it's not going to be on that list for me. Like I, I did, I don't know that this is a movie I could watch repeatedly just because like the, the gut punches are, are pretty, pretty rough. Um, like I don't, I don't, I don't relish always being in a like high emotional state like that. No, I and I don't think that anybody does. Um, uh, but like it is truly like it's like one of those movies where like if you can vibe on it, like um, it's it's gonna be like one of your like it's quickly become like the more I think about it, the more. I like I haven't posted like we're talking year end. like you like you know behind the scenes on a site like I'm yeah. doing the year end stuff I'm trying I'm getting everybody to like I'm finishing up your year in review which is not like what which I always love like never take this so non traditional <laughs> you know, well yeah like here's I, the I shit I watched this, last year <laughs> exactly the the I always need the random outlier of like, I'm going to do whatever I want to do and just kind of give you my pontifications on it. Like, I love that. Like you fulfill that checkbox for me on the site. So like you do, you keep like, I want you to keep on doing this for as long as you want to do it. Cause it's so great. Like I'm, I was editing it um, earlier this morning and like just listening, like reading your comments about things is great. Um, I'm summing up my, my list and like at any given moment, the holdovers is like my favorite movie of the twenty of twenty twenty three because I mean, it, of everything it, that it's it in. It would have been up there for me for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it, so going just to that point, like I appreciate everybody that does top tune list. I saw less than thirty movies last year mm-hmm. that came out in twenty twenty three. So it feels really fucking disingenuous. For me to be like, I'm going to make a top 10. A third of the films that I saw would be on that top 10. And a third of the films that I saw don't deserve to be on anybody's top 10 list. <laughs> I enjoyed them, but no. <laughs> like, most of what I saw last year was just like, yeah, it was all right. <laughs> I had a good time. Like, none of it was that great. <laughs> no, it, like, okay, so, like, there are a few movies that are super great in 2023, um, I hold this one in really high regard because it just it's it's messy in the best way possible because it's a hangout I mean, film. You, so it you probably be saw sixty twenty twenty three films. You know? Um, I th- I think at the end of the day I saw one hundred and ten. Okay. One hundred and ten. Well, there was the you number. go. Yeah. So uh, of twenty twenty three releases. Right. I I saw less than thirty. Like it feels so disingenuous to be like, here's a top ten. If it would feel disingenuous to be like, here's the top five. I could tell you my favorite movie of the year. I could probably tell mm-hmm. you my favorite two movies of the year. I'm pretty sure it's in there. But like, like, you know, enough has been said about Barbie for me to talk about it being my favorite mm-hmm. movie of the year. Like, okay, it's like, that's, I'm just throwing more on there. Or I could just go like, hey, you know what? Uh, 
the the Sam Esmo movie. Like that's the movie I'm still thinking about. And mm-hmm. so that's my favorite movie of the year. And I could talk about that, but like, you know, I, I mean, it's, I don't know. I was just like, it feels better to just be like, here's a, here's a couple of sentences about everything I watched last year. And I mean, some of it's literally cocaine bear was one sentence. Like, yes, it was. Screaming, <laughs> thought it was a lot of fun. Enjoyed the performances. Like, that's it. <laughs> like, there's not much more to that movie. Uh, uh, no, no, you're you're absolutely right. But yeah, um, the holdovers would have been uh, like t- top three for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. No, no, absolutely. And like, like I said, it's always it's like like when I approach my list, like it's a kind of great time to talk about this. Like you, you've seen my list, and my lists are always like everything else is in alphabetical. It's like divided into like three sections: like the elite, the good, and the solid. And the solid and the good are alphabetical order because I refuse to like list them because like at any given moment they could change. Their quality yeah. is not like the quality is not as such where I need to label them. This is the number 20 movie of the year because that would be so bad. Like that would like I know what the number 20 movie is for me because it hasn't changed. It's like the low end of the totem pole. But I'm not going to list that because like what really matters are the top three movies of the year because like for me there's three movies this year that once they got into that rarefied air of like oh my god this is fucking amazing they stayed there and they kind of swapped like at any given moment if i think about them i'm like you know what this movie is like fucking amazing like i fucking love this movie it's perfect or it's like designed perfectly um that hasn't changed once they've gotten onto that list. And it's just like one of the three is the holdovers. And it's because it, it gels in a way that like it, it, it itches certain things that I love about movies and, and when they're done well, like the kids in the school, this movie does it better than any movie recently because the kids, again, it goes to the whole thing of like with self-reliance where yeah, it's trash. They're trashy people, but there's something relatable about them. There's something that isn't sarcastic, sharp, and stupid about them. They're just genuinely just kids, right? But they're not the annoying kids where they try to make them look cool. Like, I guess maybe there's a distance because it's set in the 70s where it's like they're smoking, they're drinking, they're cursing, but they're never like, there's never a moment where yeah, like the 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 kid, um, the one kid uh, that wants to beat up the Dominic Sessa kid because they yeah. like he fucked them over, all of them over. Um, he's not an asshole. He, I mean, he has every right to be mad at this fucking kid, right? Because he ruined his fucking he ruined his holiday, right? And then to make matters worse, his family ruins his holiday. But there's a reality to that. Like, I never thought he was an asshole. I just thought, okay, this is a fucking kid. The way that they interact with one another. It's like, let's make our best foot forward. And like, there's something about that that I love that is like, it's, it's like, it's almost like it's an ode to like, there's a certain point where it feels like it's an ode to the breakfast club. Um, but 70 style, right? Yeah. Because it's not, it, it, it's not detention, but it still feels like a Hughesian kind of. This feels more Hughesian than anything I've ever I've seen before. It's as much a Hughesian kind of thing as it is, like I said, like seventies. Because the, it gets the kids detention right. thing is so fucking funny. 
Oh my goodness. That's yes. a detention. We're the only people here. <laughs> like, um, what do you mean detention? I'm in prison. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, I if, yeah. if Giamatti takes the Oscar, I I wouldn't be upset. Like I, I mean, yeah. I I I feel like it, it's really really difficult to ignore Oppenheimer, um, which is a movie I I really really liked. Um, it mm-hmm. wasn't my favorite film of the year, but like it does feel like a movie that's hard to ignore. Um, but yeah, if Giamatti takes it over uh murphy i like i wouldn't be upset um i i feel like downey's got a uh, supporting actor just locked up i, I don't yeah. think anybody's anybody's gonna take that from him but uh you know we'll see i the kid getting nominated i that would be a fucking phenomenal like it would be so great to have that because i do think he's fantastic in this like it, it's Paul Giamatti is one of the greatest actors of our generation, period. Like, he's so good. Yes, he and is. to stand your own at your first time out in the gate with somebody like him, like, it, it's, it says a lot, you know. We've seen a lot of supporting performances from first-timers, you know that get like a lot of praise only for it to be like kind of a like a like a a lark basically mm-hmm. um i i you you were saying it i think this dude is like on 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 the path to be cap uh, capital a actor like like you said yep. you know i i mean it's he might wind up with some like detours, some Adam Driver esque like Star Wars detours, <laughs> but uh, oh, man. you know I I think he's <laughs> he's that level of of just truly truly great acting, and I I can't wait to see what he does next. Um, hell, at this point I can't wait to see what Alexander Payne does next. Like yeah, you know. this revitalized him, didn't it? Like yeah. I'm not a huge, I wasn't a huge fan of anything that he did um, post uh, Sideways. I mean, we kind of talked about that like, like yeah. uh, a couple weeks ago before you had seen it. Um, I'm gonna say one thing about uh, about Dominic Cessna is that I feel like as soon as Marvel saw it, they want him for Robbie Reyes. I don't know why, but I feel like they 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 literally like. Kevin watched it and like cracked his fingers and goes, Robbie Reyes, Robbie Reyes, Robbie Reyes. Yeah. We found our Robbie Reyes. I, I mean, I can see him getting sucked in into that. Cause I mean, Mm -hmm. it's, it's high profile. It's a paycheck. It's probably pretty good paycheck, you know? Um, but like, also I hope he does it kind of in the way Adam driver did it where it's like, yeah, I'm going to do this, but also I'm going to do my, my passion project stuff too, you know? I really do hope, and then like, I like, and I mean, we're both guys that like love and champion Marvel, like, and the comic book universes, and like, like everything that's big pop culture. But this kid is so good that I hope he doesn't do it. That he just stays in this realm, and yeah. people like Spielberg, Scorsese, um, you know, all of these like, like the big list directors, Edgar Wright, like people that are respected, look at him and go, we need to cast this kid. Because 
he's fucking good. Let's find a movie for him to be in rather than let's put him into Disney project a or Warner brothers project B and see what happens. Cause he's going to get lost in the shuffle. Right. Like, 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 like some of the younger guys always do. Like look at what happened with Barry Keegan, right? Like Barry Keegan goes, does the eternals and he's lost in the mix, even though like, I feel like him and the girl that is a hard of hearing um, are the best part of that movie. Like they are like their chemistry is off yeah. there, like just off the meter. And what he's doing is more interesting to me than anything else that anybody else is doing in that movie because they're all playing it. I am a god. Richard Madden is so fucking terrible. And I dislike mm. that movie. Anyways, um, not to see it here that or there, but yeah, like this kid deserves and he's a kid, <laughs> he's like 19 or 20. Like this kid deserves all of the flowers, but also to work hard. And become one of like the truly like you can see it. You're like, oh, this is either the start of a great career or they're going to chew him up. And I hope it's not they chew him up. I really don't because he deserves he really does deserve it. And like you said, Alexander Payne, it's like it's a revitalization of him. Like whatever he like this story just kind of hooked him in a way that it's like, oh, I I can see this winning. I could see this winning uh, original screenplay. Yeah. Well, especially now that Barbie's out of there and it's in uh, Best Adapted Screen. so right? fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, I mm-hmm. don't want to get into that, so. Well, you just, like, it's just lost its one artistic and not technical thing because we already know no one's going to win director, producer, and, yeah. and writer. Like, even though I feel like, I don't know, like, I'm always of the theory that when you do that, you're trying to make a point. You're trying to make a statement to like the person that you're doing. Like, we're sorry we didn't give you all your little Oscars before. Yeah. This is all makeup and we're going to give it to you for everything. And it's like, I don't know if that should be the case, especially when it comes to like the writing is good, but it's so just like average Chris Nolan writing. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, I think it's actually something we talked about during the our conversation with Oppenheimer. Um, but yeah, this one, like the script is so good um, because it, this is the thing that I feel like ultimately is the best part about this movie and how you know it's a great movie that people are going to be talking about for years is that there's not a single part that is underwritten. Like yeah. even his, even the Cessna's character's parents are not underwritten. Yeah. Right. It it does help that you get like you get the actors that you get for the final moments because you're like, where's Tate Donovan? And yeah. then you see Tate Donovan show up and you go, oh, yeah, that's kind of a cliche. But you know what? I'm going to go with it because their perspective is so kind of like it's refreshing because you think that they're going to be pieces of shit and they kind of are. But they're not because ultimately she is looking at her son's well-being. Right. Like ultimately. And it never feels disingenuous, which I always find most movies about this kind of thing. When it happens, it feels so disingenuous. It's like the parents are angry and don't care for their child. And it's like you literally watch and go, who are these fucking parents? Like there has to be some kind of love. They're your child. Um, But it's never feels like that. It always feels like there's this anger towards Giamatti's character and just like, we just want our fucking kid to be normal. We want him to be happy. And I mean, can you 
think of a truer statement uh, like from a ch- uh, from a parent it's, uh, it's like that kind of well-rounded writing that i'm like yeah this should actually win best screenplay it really should it's that kind of metered yeah, and I, understanding i agree yeah i, I mean I, I, maybe yeah. maybe they'll get it right i mean they rarely ever yeah. get it right um yeah. but uh but yeah i mean we'll see that's that's what like late february early march for the oscars yeah yep uh, yeah. um, i mean we're, we should be hearing the announcement soon so yeah i think it's i think it's I think it's sometime next week that we're getting the uh, Oscar announcements. Yeah, that, that'll be the whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, actually, it's it's uh, guys. It's Tuesday uh, next this Tuesday at um, eight thirty Eastern. Okay, well there you go. So well, now we know what yeah. we're going to be talking about next week. So I wish actually I, I got a touch base. We can talk about it offline. Um, oh. So, uh, so yeah, uh, next week we'll be talking about Oscar uh, nominations. Uh, until then, you can find everything else I'm doing over at xwingfiles.com. But you can also find out if you're interested in the films I am going to be watching and briefly commenting about <laughs> so that I don't lose track and, and have to do what I did this year and go like search every month to see what came out week to week to be like what did i see this year i mm-hmm. have reactivated my letterbox account i um, did notice that i so did notice that you can that. find me on letterboxd if you're a letterboxd user um i think you can just search for my name but i, I think it's deadpool d e d p o o l uh 79 or 1979 i should have looked that up but uh, I'm also, uh, uh, I found out that there's a Goodreads app. And so I'm going to oh, be keeping track okay. of the books I'm reading. So uh, if you're interested in what I'm reading, you can look me up on Goodreads. Um, so that should be the same thing. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, xwingfiles.com. But if you want to read anything I am currently writing, you can check out Adam's website. Yes, and that is themovieisle.com. Um, as uh, as I am with uh, as Logan uh, is, I'm on Letterbox. Like that's the only social media that I will accept friend requests from. Uh, everything else is personal. So like this one, I finally figured out that this is the thing that I love um, because it's all about movies. So and some TV. If you type in a TV thing that's a miniseries, it will let you actually add it. Um, I did with Echo because it was like I was like what. And it's like a six hour, like it treats it like a six hour movie. It's kind of hilarious. Um, but anywho, um, yeah, like I, um, I'm excited uh, for uh, next week to talk about all the stuff. Um, you can read my writing, which is like in in full swing. Logan's uh, top ten or uh, list of uh, the year that was 2023 will be posting. Um, next week and probably on the main site for the the top of the page for the rest of the week uh we still have another uh moving pictures from him um i just finished speaking with marie and planning some stuff and she'll be coming back full swing into the um onto the site in the next uh couple of weeks so we'll see stuff from her too um so you can always read that stuff which thank you for making it the biggest year guys like like the site uh it has like progressively it's made like leaps and bounds but this year was like 
I don't normally talk about the success and stuff and the numbers, but I like we literally we literally had a 35 percent increase in traffic, um, which. Yeah, yeah. And then I look at it, I broke it down and like it had nothing to do with me and everything to do with you and Marie, which is I always feel like like then I'm doing my job, right? Like I'm I'm doing my job with posting and making sure that oh making sure that, that you're that doing the, the brunt of not. the work though. Like you're writing like six things a week and I'm just like, Yeah, I'll have something in a couple of weeks. But you know what? Like I, uh, my foundation and my bedrock, um, like is for you guys to shine. So it doesn't look like, like the, the site is barren, right? Like, so that the people that follow it, they get like every week, they get something, at least one thing, if not two or three things. Um, so, but I mean, it's like, it's all in service for you guys. Like, that's honest. Like I love being an editor. I love being able to like work on both of your stuff and get like, like surgical with it and making sure that like, you know, um things like search like search hits are the right thing so that we get maximum number of hits um beyond just our core fan and you know it it, like this year i put a lot of work into that and so like i'm very happy that we got a huge like i like never had 30 percent like it was like always hovering at 10 or 15 percent um but that's a cumulative so it like adds up right but this year it was like from compared to the first year that we started this this whole business to where we are right now, it's literally like I think I calculated out it's like twenty eight times bigger than where it started. So okay. you guys are like, like it's it's you guys are the reason why that this is working and and the like listeners too. Like when I say you guys, it's everybody. So so yeah, um, go on check on the site because there's a lot of stuff out there, like almost yeah. too much stuff from me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I don't know how you keep up with with the level that you keep up with, because mm-hmm. I I would not the the Kino Lorber stuff I would drown in man, I just feel like I don't this is too much I can't do it <laughs> like uh, like okay so so to give you an idea like just as a little weird side thing I got like so like like four days ago and it's one of my favorite submarine movies Run Silent Run Deep Black Ooh. and White. Yeah. Kurt Jurgens and fucking and uh, mustache Clark Gable, like, and I'm like, what the fuck, dude? I cannot watch this right now, and I really want to watch it because it's black and white and Blu-ray, and you like, you know, like, black and white is something very special on like high def stuff, like yeah, especially it 4K. Looks so good. It looks so good. Um. So so yeah, like it's all just to say like like yeah. Um. I will. Uh, we will be back next week with all the more stuff and all the good stuff and talking like you know why the fuck did the oscars not get it right (laughs) what did they get wrong so we'll we'll see you guys then talk to you soon Number one, Star Wars. Number two, comics. Number three, Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Number four, Mario. Number five, Weird Al. Number six, Batman. Number seven, Cal. Number eight, The Simpsons. Number nine, TV. Number ten, every single band that I stole all their MP3s. But before they all sold out, they all together. You with me now. Let's run.